Hi, welcome to the Chat About Bot project. My name is Caio Calado, and I will have conversations about bots with many experts from all around the world. Together, we are going to learn from them. We are going to learn about their thoughts, their experiences, and also the advices on creating conversational experiences. I hope that all these conversations will give you a comprehensive picture about our industry and also to prepare you to create your own conversational experiences. On this episode, I'm talking to Jacob Reiter. Jacob is the head of Applied Artificial Intelligence and also the co-founder at The Venture, Europe's first bot accelerator based in Vienna, Austria. He's going to focus on how important it is to validate your bot through a proof of concept and also how he uses Agile methodology to deploy his bots. I'm really excited to have these conversations and to share them with you. And we are going to get back right after this message. Hi, my name is Sergio Passos. I'm CTO at Take. We are the leading Brazilian company for conversational apps and chatbots. Being the mobile market for more than 19 years has given us the expertise to build great conversational experience. To do so, we use Blizzard a platform that integrates the best tools to build, run, and evolve chatbots. We believe that a single message can change the world, and that's why we think it is so relevant to chat about bots. Uh, welcome, Jacob, today to, to have this conversation and this chat about bots. Yes. And I'm really excited to hear more about you, your inventory, and the things that you do and help people to do it. But... Before we get to that part, yes. I would like to get to know a little bit more about you, mm -hmm. your career, and how you get started and evolved with the bot world. Okay, so um, I think I never actually had what's called a career. <laughs> like, uh, if you look at it, I, um, I did um, school for information technology back in Vienna, Austria. And then I... Um, I went into university. I was like super unsure what I wanted to do with my life. I was like, yeah, I can either like continue with IT or I could do something totally different. So in a good manner, I did both. So I studied uh, information technology uh, at the University of Economics and Business in Vienna. And I studied business law. So I, uh, so I studied IT and law in a combined study, like two studies at the same time. And I did uh, a bachelor's and I did a master's, uh, finished a master in IT, but not in, uh, in, in law. That was too much then. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I, I studied that too. And then during my time at the university, I was actually, I wanted to work, right? I, I wanted to be like self-independent from my parents and stuff like that. So I applied for a lot of um, positions in IT and uh, I got like basically all all the interviews and stuff like this, and, and the interviews was always really well. And then I was asked like, uh, so when can you work? And I was like, yeah, I'm like studying. I can work like very early in the morning or very late in the evening or like something in between or whenever I don't have a lecture, right? And then they told me, no, that's not possible. You have to be there like nine till six or whatever, like this core time things. And I was like, yeah, sorry, I can't do this. Like, I, I have to study. So I went from one interview to another being, like, basically rejected because I studied. And at one point, I was like, ah, F that shit. Uh, I, I get self-employed. Like, I, I start my own company. And this is basically how I 
transformed into like an entrepreneur. So I started to build up my own little agency, doing websites, doing apps uh, later. And um, yeah, from there on, like one company after another, like uh, I, I sold that company, closed that company. Uh, I had an NGO in between. And now my newest company, The Venturi, uh, which is really hard to kill. Like I'm really looking forward to being in that company for a long time. And when was the first time that you heard like these messenger bots or bots itself? So it was, it was, I was always fascinated by uh, computer human interaction. So that was like, how do you, how do you, how do humans communicate with, with machines, right? Because they're so different, yep. right? There's the visual interface, uh, there's the conversational interface, there's a the joystick to, um, and the keyboard and stuff like this. And, um, that was always like something that fascinates me, how, how we artificially communicate with, with something like this. And so I, I was always lurking around that sphere, but never like popped into it. And then I, uh, I was at a conference the day after Facebook released the Messenger API, and I gave a talk there about how IT and marketing could be combined. Uh, it was the Via Developers Conference. And uh, in, a, in a little like side sentence, I said, um, well, I think this cool new interface that Facebook just released yesterday, this could, this could be the real thing. This could be the real game changer for like human, uh, machine to human interaction. So I, I basically started to get into this topic uh, when I realized that this could be a huge marketing and a good cool channel to bring products to people. And from there, we fully jumped on the bandwagon and like started to like dig into hire people around that topic. And then the venture basically specialized itself in that field uh, very, very early. Like we were the first ones uh, back in October of, of that year when it was released when we launched a uh, proof of concept with Austrian Airlines, where we basically did a chatbot that tries to automate the entire first level customer support of an airline, which is like a huge endeavor still today, back then even more. So um, yeah, it was, it was exciting. And from there on, like proof of concept basically validated itself. Uh, we were uh, lucky enough to, to work in parts with the Lufthansa group afterwards. Uh, lots of banks, lots of insurance companies that we work with. So from there onwards, it exploded. And this is basically then how the venture came, came into like its full shape, working with startups and working with corporates. I like the venture though. And I told you like many times that mm -hmm. it is really unique. Yeah. And also I believe that you have like a vision of the venture that most people, they cannot see it. Yeah. Is there something that about the venture that makes sense for you but it doesn't make sense for others so i think a lot of people they know parts of the venture they know certain aspects of what we do but they have barely a view of the whole picture and whole how it all ties together and makes sense so the venture was was initially founded with a vision to help companies to help startups to help corporates with critical resources right so most of the time we see companies saying hey i don't have a IT specialist. I don't have a growth hacker, a growth marketer. I don't have a senior developer who can push my project forward. So what we do is we we offer those people uh, on a limited term where we say like, hey, for like the next six months, uh, you can have that person and we'll pay the bill for it, right? And um, we can actually like push and accelerate uh, the company with like injecting those critical resources that are not there on the market. 
And uh, this we do like for startups. This is uh, the venture core basically. Uh, then we do for growth marketing, we do uh, agency work and, and also like have an academy where we teach people how to be a growth hacker. This is called under the new name of growth base, the growth base. And then we have a third pillow basically, which deals everything with bots. It's basically an, an agency kind of a model that we drive in where we basically build bots for, for bigger corporates, right? So the fun part is that all those three together make the venture because you need to have uh, those three resources to make it viable. Where you basically have two agencies that bring in money and then you spend the money on startups, but you gain experience in cutting edge technology that you then sell over your agency arm. It's like a loop. Yeah, it's like a loop. We always call it the washing machine. Because <laughs> like, you put stuff in and then you wash in the middle and uh, it all works. Like it gets everything clean, right? It's, it's really a nice um, system because we basically do, we bring startup methodology to a corporate and help them accelerate and become faster. And we take the resources and the experience from the corporates and bring them back to the startups. So we really like bridging those two. And this could be applied to any field, but for the moment we're doing this like a lot in, in artificial intelligence, machine learning and conversational interface especially. But I can see the model evolve in like VR, blockchain, whatever, right? Just a matter of like scaling it and like building a team who can who can bridge that. But as long as the methodology actually works, uh, this could be infinitely scaled in all like emerging technologies. How many people do you, does it work? So we're currently about thirty people in Vienna, which in is like two years, right? In like two years, yeah. We started two years ago. Um, so we basically like there's one new person every month coming in, which is quite a steep curve of like onboarding and. We were really lucky. We have a very cool person in the company that uh, takes care of people operations. And so we have like good processes in like onboarding people and trying to push them and not perfect, but we're getting there. And we have like a really dedicated, uh, a real dedicated um, staff for, for what we do. Like we, we really care about our people. We have a lot of benefits and we try to be like a cool employee and like that intersection between like corporates and startups to work in that intersection is a really cool yeah place. i feel like that's really nice because um in brazil i i kind of have some sort of like the same services as well mm. i help corporates to mm. develop their own strategy and oftentimes it is really interesting that something some things that is just normal for us like mm. agile methodologies and stuff for mm. them it's just like a completely mm. Boom, like yeah. this is amazing. Yeah. And it's nice to get to know more about this and help yeah. other people. Yeah. Like, for example, we see this a lot in like uh, growth hacking where we have like really agile startup methodologies, like how to deal with data, how to do experiments, A-B testing. And then this is really like something that is um, very easy for us to grasp and like something that is, of course, we do it that way. And then we take that to a corporate and a corporate like, oh my God, that's innovative. Like, let's try that. And on the other hand, a corporate has like a lot of experience. They have like they have like market experience and they have like internal knowledge and they, they have, know their business. And they have amazing people. They have yeah. really amazing people. And from them we can transfer and we bring those two worlds together. And and then as you said, like one day you start to work more with bots and focus yeah. there. Yeah. Um I wonder if you have like a definition for that. Like how do you explain bots to most people? Like, so I think bots are first and foremost all about automation, right? They're all about 
automating certain tasks that used to be reserved for humans. Like the classical example is customer support. Even though I, I think the field is way further than just customer support. But this used to be something you call someone, you ask a question, and then you get a response. Right? Stuff like this on a on a question response level is is really easy to do. It gets complicated when you develop like a dialogue out of it. Um, but on that level, super easy to do. Like a classifier, you run it, and then you you get like a decent amount of uh, good results for it. And I think so. Bots for me is everything that automizes um, automizes tasks that previously you would say this can only be done by a human. Uh, so it, it's not just on on messenger. It's like every other platform you can live in. Like it can be. It can even be like in a physical robot. Like a, a welcome manager in the store, where you basically go and say like, "Hey, welcome to this store. How can I help you?" This can also be a bot for me, right? Right. And what are your thoughts on like why most of companies they struggle to create like a good bot? So I think a lot of the beauty with conversation interface comes from its simplicity, simplicity, right? Because. Um, in a conversational interface, you cannot take what we've learned from a visual interface and just like copy paste it. And that's what I see a lot in in, um, in different bots that, that apply to the accelerator or bots that like be proposed from like corporates that they take a visual methodology and that shit like, okay, so this is just a form field and then we have to go through the form and, 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 and fill out the form basically, right? This is not what conversational interfaces. No one talks like this. And I think the biggest shift is like to really sit down and have, have a conversation, have a real conversation, because you will notice that in a conversation, stuff is normally different. For example, if, if, I, if I go to McDonald's, right, I, and I have a conversation with a, with a, with a counter, uh, the counter would not say, welcome to McDonald's. Want to have a burger with a... Uh, meat, B, cheese, C, salad, right? They will they would offer you like a Big Mac, right? And you would either know what a Big Mac is or you would ask like what is in the Big Mac, right? So you you would package stuff, right, to make it more accessible and, and make it even faster, right? You would not like click click the ingredients of the burger, but you would buy the package, right? So that's what, we, for example, we see a lot in conversation where we see like, hey, option A or use my frequently asked task or like, uh, order my usual or stuff like this, right? So this needs more uh, more intelligent because you have to package that stuff cleverly for your customer. You have to know your customer what they want. But if you do that work, you speed up the automation massively for the customer. This is where the power of a conversational interface comes in, that you can still customize it, but you're giving those packages and you just order it like you would naturally order with a person. Yeah, when it, com when it comes to being like simple, Mm. It's really complicated. It, yes. it is really complex yes. to do that. Yes. And most people, they try to take everything that is right in an app, in a website, and then try to put in that bot, yeah. and that doesn't work. Yeah. It's a different like channel. It's a different interface. Yeah. And the mindset is actually different as well. Yeah. And you want to say... So, so there's, there's, there's a really clever saying, uh, the medium is the message. Yeah. Right. The medium is part of the message and a conversational interface is different because it's in and of itself a medium. 
right? So you have to transport that in the medium and you have to adapt to the medium. You cannot just take another medium and push everything into it. Some things are transferable, but not all of the things. And this is something very classic we see in like an emerging technology that we used to take what we already know and we push it and then we see where the borders are. And then from there, we developed our own methodology. Um, and that's why it's so crucial that you have someone on that journey who has been through this and has seen some iterations in it, right? Because they can say like, look, this we already learned. We don't have to try that again. Maybe we push in that direction. This is where the market goes and stuff like this. So that's basically where we then come in and like help you guide through that journey. And this is this is why a lot of corporates and startups come to us because it's like, oh, those guys, they know they have they've been on the forefront of like developing this methodology and, and then we can help. Them. Besides like uh, focus and simplicity, mm -hmm. do you have any other uh, good advices to create like a good bot strategy or even like an automation strategy? I think make it personal. like. When you have a communication, you always communicate with a persona, right? Even even when you don't design the persona, it is there, like you infer it. And the big risk is that if you don't design it, that people would infer something random in it. But if you make it on purpose, then you can actually make it a strength. And I think this applies like even for like an insurance company, right? Even for like an airline, that there is always a persona inferred in the in the conversation. And you have to take care and design that very carefully. Coming back to the, the, the venture, yeah. I wonder like, what is your program and how do you help startups and also bought agile services companies yeah. and how they can apply to be part of it? So we have like multiple ways to talk with us, right? Um, there is first and foremost, our Elevate program. It's our structured accelerator. Uh, so every six months we open a call where people can apply uh, from basically around the world. So we have made investments here in California. We have in Bangalore. Uh, we have done Taiwan, Hong Kong, Munich, Austria, like basically everyone around the world. We even have uh, really cool applications from Brazil. So mm -hmm. I encourage everyone uh, to apply. Keep pushing, keep yeah. pushing. Um, and um, so this is like our structured acceleration program where we work with a startup then for six months. Uh, we take a certain equity package in return, and then we accelerate them through our mentors, through our own developers, through our own growth hackers, and we really like push, push the startup forward, right? And uh, that is that is the structured acceleration program. It's more like for early stage startups, so the deal is more oriented that way. But if you like a later stage startup, you can still come to us and say like, hey, I like guys, what you're doing? I need more this, more that. And then we find like an individual deal uh, on an equity basis that, that we work with uh, basically. If you say like, no, equity is not something I'm willing to give because for example, I'm a corporate, um, then we still work over like both angles of, of like an agency. Like you can hire us as a, as a growth hacking agency or as a bot agency and we'll help you build your proof of concept. We help you build like improve your concept or make it viable or bring it to market and uh, all, all those different ways of uh, incorporating that. Do you have any interesting bots that got big that came out of your program? So out of the Elevate program, there are there are some really interesting bots that I really like there. Uh, we have a celebrity chatbot, they're called Iconic. Um, they're really great. We have a bot that helps you find local retailers, they're called Jingle. Uh, we have uh, Ibindo, which is like a psychology bot that helps you get over breakups, right? 
We have Yanos, which are like talk to your data center, conversational terminal, uh, basically, which are really cool. Uh, there's there's so many of them. Like I, each and every one we have in a program has like a different angle, which I say like they're absolutely incredible. And uh, so yeah, they're all on our website. Look them up, uh, click through our portfolio, and uh, be amazed uh, that they're really cool cases outside of just like customer support. And also about like the Austrian uh, Baltic yeah. system, it's amazing. You guys have the the elevator, the venture, the lemmings, lemmings program. Yes. And also there are some other bots as well, yeah. like Swelly. Yes. And it is amazing how your community is really kind of like get together and make like things great. Yeah. Can you tell us about a little bit like about your relationship with the community as well? Like how do you get involved with them? So I, I in comparison, as in, in, in companion with David Pixenmeister, I run the, the Bots Hub Vienna, like the meetup, the uh, weekly or quarterly meetup, meetup. And we started this like back then and I approached David and said like, hey, we should, we should do a meetup. This is cool. Like bots are, are the new thing, right? Bots are the new apps. Right? <laughs> and uh, he said, that, yeah, sure. Sounds interesting. And then we had like a first meetup and it was really incredible. And from there we continued on with the community. And I think it had a lot to do with, uh, with different aspects that like Vienna and Berlin, that's always like a comparison. And Berlin is really strong with apps. But like in Vienna, has, Vienna has been like on the edge, right? The ecosystem is like on the brink of developing and we have like VCs now and really good ones and business angels, some incredible ones. So we've been we've been waiting for like our breakthrough and, and we said like, well, let's try a push for bots, right? And luckily Berlin uh, slept a little bit and they like, they, they, they didn't want to pivot from apps. They want to stick with apps. So we said like, okay, we'll take this automation bots and uh, we'll, we'll make this our own. And then we were, we went out shouting and we were like, Hey, look, here's the community and we're doing, and we're cool and lemmings and elevate. And like, we had the chatbot conference, right? So we were like pushing hard and then like people said, Oh wait, yeah, actually Vienna, cool. They have a cool ecosystem. And then from there it started to attract people. It started to like run and it's an incredible community. Like there's so many people doing incredible work and uh, it's really, it's really exciting to be part of that community. It's amazing. Honestly, it's one of the best place to be if you <laughs> like to work with bots. I'm yeah. be honest. So, uh, we are about to finish up, yeah. but I, I would like to hear a little bit more about your thoughts on automation, AI, mm. and even bots. Mm. Uh, you were the Google I.O. Yeah. Did you see the call the, for the reservation? Yeah, yeah, the, the Google duplex. That was, yeah. that was incredible, yeah. What did you think? So I think it just shows us that we're, we're only in the beginning, right? The journey is 1% finished. And there's way more to come, but it, it really shows us we're on the right track. We're on, we're on, we're on the branch that will, that will continue, right? Because we're more and more living in like a service oriented society where like we care about humans, we care about um, other people, but those things, they scale bad, right? You, you have to employ a lot of people to take care of a lot of people, right? And very often the tasks that those people too are like very simple. They're like answering questions or like guiding you through somewhere, right? And I think we're, we've, for the last couple of years, we're trying to compensate by hiring more and more people for like really simple tasks. 
And I think this is now where the bots comes in because we realize that, wait, we can actually automate that. And then suddenly it starts scaling. And this is the interesting part because suddenly good service, good customer care, good customer interaction becomes something affordable and scalable yep. through and, those techniques. And brings you like a yep. return. Yes, like. yes. So for example, we see a lot of interest in like HR yep. where like uh, asking for holidays, negotiating, and then like making meetings and stuff like this, right? Very simple, very automatizable uh, uh, to a certain degree. And I think this is where we see like a lot of, lot of growth in the next couple of years that we have those simple tasks that we thought like, no, this has to be done by a human being transferred to, oh, wait, uh, actually a machine can do a decent job and we have a human as a second level. So we always have this. It will always be the cases where the machine says, oh, sorry, this, this, this is too complicated for me. And then you would have a human in the background taking over and doing this seamlessly. This is like, this is huge. This is important. Like This is, has to be like, oh, so the, the worst you can do is basically if the human has to ask all the questions again, because then the interface is like really cumbersome. But if the bot says, mm, I don't know, I'll give it to a live chat agent. And then the live chat agent says, yeah, but I know it. It's that and then that. And the bot learns from that answer again, right? This is where the power of like, human machine collaboration comes in and i also i think we'll see a lot in that topic like human machine collaboration i feel like human machine collaboration is something that is going to be like big yeah most of the people that are worried about ai stuff yeah they do not see that the power of the collaboration yes. that we can have with machines yeah. Yeah. and also to help the machines help us to make to make things to have things done yeah that's amazing i think it's not it's not a it's not a it's not a fight uh man versus machine it's like a machine for us is just a tool right and we use it to like make our lives easier like uh, i always give the example that Today, no one cares that there's electricity coming out of the plug in a wall, right? You just take that for granted. Like it is there. It is there, right? Yeah. It's ubiquitous. And I think it will be the same with AI and automation that you see like certain tasks, obviously I plug it into the wall and I get intelligence out of it, right? And we just involve as, as with our tools, right? We shape our tools and then the tools shape us. So I think we'll we'll see a lot of collaboration there and a lot of like the machines shaping the way we work. We have leisure, we have like different activities. And and it's exciting time. It's a really exciting time because we're going through a major shift. And with every new major shift, all the cards are on the table. Yeah. And uh it's just a matter of like what's coming next. Uh this week I was in the presentation from Luke uh, W. I, I cannot pronounce his last name, but he's a product director at Google. Right. And then he said something that for me would just stick, it, stick yeah. with me. It's just like, uh, we are living in, a, in the rise of the natural gestures or natural mm. user interfaces. Mm. We, are, we are living in a moment that we can just say it. Mm. We can just like yeah. do some movements and that just happens we just click a button and then there's something in your house that you can order a machine soup to clean your yeah, yeah we have a name we, we we actually branded a name for this we call it frictionless computing because there's no friction there's no like in between you just say a wish and it happens like you have a genie in your house right it's just like magic. frictionless it's yeah. frictionless frictionless computing so i think this this will actually be huge yeah that our surrounding will interact with us. Like for example, I give the 
the best example is always like a fridge, right? If you open a fridge from a UX perspective, there's nowhere to put a display, right? Because you have to look at what's in the fridge, but you can talk to your fridge because the voice interface doesn't take any space and you can say natural. It's natural, right? You can say fridge, uh, do I have everything to like, I don't know, cook a Thai curry or whatever. And the fridge will answer you, yes, sure. I'm like, Come stage over. three, come over, like I, I can prepare it, right? So I think like those natural interaction that we're used as a human being, way before we actually start writing, we start talking as humans, right? So I think this really is powerful and we will find some really cool use cases and some business cases that, that are really incredible there. All right. And what do you think about the venture and the elevator for the next one, three or five years? So I would love to impact more people. Like, I think we have, we have proven that we have a very interesting service. We have a, a very interesting engine that we built. And uh, now it's like scaling that up, scaling, uh, maybe even going into like foreign countries. Like we're based in Vienna, Austria, so we can serve the European market quite well. But uh, when it comes to like US, South America, Asia, Africa, right? It's still like Africa is to a certain extent easier for us because time zone wise, it's, it's, it gets closer. But like South America is something that is a little difficult for us, but it, we can do it. We can do it. But the, the interesting part would be to like do maybe a remote batch, like one badge in Brazil. We say like we're here for one badge and then we move on to another country or stuff like this. Uh, that's all ideas we're like uh, evaluating and we're like trying to like see if it, if it works for us. Um, but yeah, growing bringing more people onto conversational interfaces and, and uh, spreading spreading the love uh, for for that kind of interaction. So. All right. Jacob, thank you so much for it was a pleasure. having us. And yes, hope sure. to see you again. Yeah, like uh, whenever you're around and when all your viewers are around, like just ping me, let me know. Like we try to be super open to the community because we're coming from the community. So whenever you have like a bot that you think like, oh, I want to show this to Jacob, like, please write me like uh, all the usual channels and let me know. And like, super happy to look at stuff. All right. Thank you. Cool. Bye bye. Bye. Hey, you made it to the end. Congratulations. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I really, really hope that you like it and also that you learn it a lot. If you have any questions about the topic that we discussed, please write us a comment. And also find us on Twitter. Just look for at ShareAboutBot. I hope to see you next week with a new guest where we are going to share about bots.